Welcome to the Buckle Dreams Podcast with Donda Cordova. Asking the important questions of today's top cowboys and cowgirls about what it takes to be a winner, where their inspiration comes from, and what makes up their everyday life. So grab your gear, the shoots are loaded. The Buckle Dreams Podcast starts now. Thank you for joining us for our interview. We interview today Wade Wheatley. He's a six-time world national finals qualifier, and thanks to him and his family, we now have tough enough to wear pink awareness in the PRCA. So I hope you enjoy the interview, and I'll see you at the end. The Buckle Dreams Podcast is brought to you by Champions Choice Buckles. Well, I always start the questions out with, if you had a preference, would you go with straw hats or felt hats? If I had a preference, I think it would be a felt hat. Okay. All right. So are we, are we black, or what kind of, what color felt do you like? Well... I, I'm a brown hat guy. Brown. That's kind of my deal. So. All right. Sounds good. There are many stereotypes about rodeo and the people around rodeo. What is your biggest stereotype that you'd like to put to rest? Well, the biggest stereotype, I guess, would probably be that it's not as much of a business as it really is. I think a lot of people think you're out there just going from town to town, partying, and this and that. And some of that is true when you're younger, but a lot of those guys take that very seriously and as a business and trying to support their families so i say with the biggest stereotype would be that you know you're not out there just partying and all that stuff you know there's a small percentage that do i guess i'm saying okay all right sounds great and then tell me wait how do you handle failure boy i'm probably not the one to ask that one i i was a guy that wore my emotions kind of on my sleeve probably more than some guys that i struggle with and the guys that can stay positive not dwell on the last run you made you really have to just go on to the next rodeo and get a fresh attitude and try to win something again so to speak so if you were talking to a rookie right now that's just starting out at the beginning of their career what is the biggest piece of advice you can give them well right now in today's world is be more consistent i'm going to use my event for team roping so many people watch the tv the young kids and they want to reach and and be fast and try to be four or three even, I would suggest that they work more on their horsemanship because if you want to be a top five guy in the world, they have all the tools. And there's a lot of guys at the bottom of the list these days that just all they have is reaching. And, you know, as far as making a living in the long run, you're not going to be able to compete with the clay triumphs of the world uh, doing it that way. That's good advice. We know that people think that rodeoing for a living is a dream. Tell me what the true cost of that lifestyle is to you. To me, it's three stages. You start off when you're young. I got in the rig with some, you know, some good guys. I got to go with Cody Cowden and Al Bach when I was young. But somewhere in there, you're having fun and you're trying to make the finals. And then after you make the finals, then somewhere in there, it kind of turns into a job, you know, and I got a, I got a wife and I got a family. Then all of a sudden it kind of turns into a job and that's where you got to be careful because that's when it starts to wear on you and you put a lot more pressure on yourself. And then at the end for me, you know, then it was like my kids were going to school and this life was changing in general around here that I was missing out on. And, and it costs a lot. It costs you $60,000 to go down the road these days. There's no way of getting around it. So, like I said, there's a lot of pressures, and, and uh, in the end, you're just some guys stay out there and they can do it, and there's guys like me that I was just like, you know, finally had enough, and just like I said, I play four, uh, golf four days a week now, and my wife's got a good job, and we live comfortable here, so I don't have to be gone. You know, that's real nice that you can be with your family. 
As a kid, I can remember looking up to rodeo stars and really being being interested in like the inspirational messages they had. Is there anything that that you say to yourself when you're going into the rodeo arena that inspires you? I can always remember just the road. The way the rodeo is is Joe Beaver put it the best to me once is that you either go rodeo and do it and, and you're all in, or you can go home and go about your business. And that's that's the way it is. You're either all in, and if you're thinking you've got a, a foot halfway out, you know, that's not – rodeo is an all-in sport. Either you're in or you're out. Okay. All right. I would really like to learn your opinion about what you feel is the next step of growing rodeo. The way the high school programs are all set up, you know, that's what I went through, obviously. I went through the junior rodeo program and through the high school rodeo deal. Keeping those foundations in place is key for the for our sport, as well as the college level. All those levels are still key in growing our sport because if you don't have younger people coming in, you know. But it, it is. It's, it's been good, though. You see in the Bronco riding, there's young kids coming in. There's young guys coming in, obviously, in our team open sport all the time because it is so popular. So right now, and with the finals, with the money they're going to have in, in five years for these guys to run at, I mean, you can seriously probably make some serious money here in five years. So if I'm a 14, 15-year-old kid right now, I can look on paper and say, okay, this could be worth doing as we're in years past. If you, know, if you go into the finals last and you don't win much, you probably had a minus year, and that's, you know, that's never good. Well, I didn't realize, and I, I did my research on you, and I didn't realize you were behind the, the tough enough to wear pink movement. Yeah, my mom actually initiated that in uh, 2004, I believe. Well, tell me a little bit how that got started and how it kind of exploded from there. Well, well, she was affected. My mom's had a breast cancer and my grandma also. So my sister did a little bout with it. So it, it was something that the, she wanted to be able to have the, the ladies of the rodeo world get involved and come and support something at the rodeo. Sort of a sort of a night for the ladies to come out and, and enjoy the rodeo and have a purpose to come over and support something, and that's where she started with. She asked me if I could have all my contestants or any of my friends wear pink at the finals one night, and I handed out a little flyer at the Dallas tour finale, just just a piece of paper asking if they, on a certain night, you know, if they'd wear pink, and when we got over there, there wasn't one person that didn't have it on, and anybody that had a sponsor requirements did the best they could with bandanas and coloring their horses it was just overwhelming and then a lot of people coming forward that were you know some of my rodeo friends that were you know i didn't realize that their moms had been affected and stuff like that and it grew from there but the key to her program is all the money that's raised say at ellensburg rodeo it stays at the ellensburg rodeo so you know, they've built wings over there off hospitals and stuff, you know? Oh, wow. So that's the thing is that whichever community they can, you know, so many times the money, you're not sure where it goes and this and that. They can literally see because the money stays right in their community. And I, I mean, I've had a lady at Ellensburg come up to me and they didn't have insurance and what have you and went down and got a free mammogram and they ended up saving their life, you know? So that's special stuff like that you know that's how the program works you know just supporting those local communities something that the rodeo can get behind and their local community can get behind and actually see a result sure 
is the key to it. Now, there's a website, too. It's like toughenoughtowearpink.com, right? Oh, yeah, www.toughenoughtowearpink.com. My wife runs a portion of that, too, as well, so she kind of runs that day-to-day -day operations for that as well. So it's, it's a good deal. It's a good deal for the rodeo world to get behind. Wrangler, they stepped in with Carl Stressman at the time, and they've been a huge sponsor behind it. You know, without them, it, the program wouldn't be as far along as it is. Perfect. I didn't realize they had had such an influence, so that's great. Yeah, well, Carl, was, yeah, when he was uh, the head of Wrangler at that time, he was a big influence on it, as well as Mr. Chapman is involved now. Is there is there a way at the website, way they can go and donate or, or support the cause? Yeah, too? absolutely, yeah. They can get on that website. They can, if they want to have an event in their area, we do a lot of bell racing events. People have their own merchandise they make up if they go through our, our deal and, and use our copyright. There's all kinds of ways people can get involved. Okay, and that was toughenoughtowearpink.com. Yep. You're involved with the Purple Cowboy, too, aren't you? That's uh, one of my mom's wine labels that she owns. That's her wine company, so to speak. Our Trevor Knowles is our Purple Cowboy this year, cowboy, so to speak. Can you tell me where they can find information on the Purple Cowboy? At that, that same website, that's tough enough. Okay. Because every bottle that's sold of uh, Purple Cowboy donates into Tough Enough to Wear Pink. Oh, wow. So that all filters yeah. in. That's, that's nice. That also goes, yeah, into local communities, yeah. I think they've raised $14 million in the last 10 years. Wow. That's a huge accomplishment. Yeah, it was pretty cool. It keeps getting bigger. Not going to stop because, like I said, those people can see visually, you know, where their support's going. I mean, they've they built a whole wing onto hospitals in some places, you know. The Buckle Dreams podcast is brought to you by Champions Choice Buckles. Now, your family also reigns and trains performance horses too, right? Yeah, my dad, uh, he's raised horses. We raised quarter horses, you know, roping horses. He's raised them since I was a kid and still does today. We've there's got a lot of top guys like Eric Rogers rides one and Kevin Daniel rides one and we've got a few of them out there that guys are winning on today. And Wade Wheatley rides one and Yeah, I got a few. I mean that horse that uh the horse I rode for years is a half brother to the horse that Derek Begay rides today and they're both out of bloodlines that come from my dad originally. Well, it's amazing how many people are in actually in the background that people don't realize. Yeah, yeah, you got to follow along on the papers to know where that horse, those horses are frosty blood that my dad was in contact with when he was young and had that horse under his thumb. So it's weird to see that the characteristics are almost the same. The way they're, there's all they're both sorrow ball face. They, have, I mean, you can't hardly tell them apart if they were standing next to each other. It's just weird. Well, that's a good thing. That's what you're supposed to be breeding for, right? Is yeah. everything to be consistent? That's right. so. And you can find them at WheatleyHorses.com. Is that right? Yep. All right. Perfect. Sounds perfect. Thank you. Thanks, Wade. I appreciate it. We had a great interview with Wade Wheatley, and thank you for joining. If you want to find out more about him, his family's got the Purple Cowboy Wines at PurpleCowboy.com. They're also the spearhead behind the Tough Enough to Wear Pink at the PRCA level, so ToughEnoughToWearPink.com. And his family raises and trains performance horses in California at WheatleyHorses.com. 
So if you want to know more about Buckle Dreams, please join us on our website at buckledreams.com. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and SoundCloud. And we'd love to hear from you. Give us a rating. Subscribe to us so you can get our weekly podcast. And don't forget to leave us some feedback and let us know how we're doing. Have a great day and God bless. Now, being cowboys and being traditionalists, before we ever buck a horse, before we ever tie a calf, we pay tribute to the greatest country in the world. And we do that by flying the most beautiful flag that has ever flown over God's green earth. Oh, glory. And tonight, as I know, as each and every one of you are going to stand, I want you to do me a special favor. I want you to take your hand and I want you to put it over your heart. Now, you feel that? That's your heartbeat. That's not just your heartbeat. That's the heartbeat of hundreds of thousands of men and women that have fought and have died so that you can live in the greatest country in the world, the United States of America. You know, as we sit here on such a great weekend and we take a look around us and we look at our families that sit next to us, whether it's our sons or our daughters or girlfriends or our wives, we think about the great things that we're going to get to do and the privileges that we have as free Americans. You know, on Valentine's Day, we're going to get to sit down and have a date with our wife or our girlfriend. And on Christmas morning, we're going to get to sit around the tree with our family and open presents. On Sunday mornings, we get to worship in the church of our choice with our family. And our kids go to school in a free country where they can grow up to be whatever they want to be. But you know what? Those things don't just happen by accident. They happen because of the sacrifice of the men and the women of our national force that don't have the same privileges that we get to. They're going to miss out on Christmas. They're going to miss out on Valentine's Day. They're probably not going to get to walk their kids to the bus for the first day of school like we would. But you know what? They make a sacrifice for us so that we never again have to fight in the United States of America. And even though some people forget about the sacrifices that they make, we don't. We in the cowboy business don't forget about what it takes to be free Americans. And for that, we support our men and women that are overseas fighting for our freedom. So I'm going to ask you tonight, how many of you are proud to be Americans and how many of you are proud of the red, white, and blue? Now, one of the greatest freedoms that we share is our freedom of religion. Would you please join me in a word of prayer? Our gracious and heavenly Father, we want to thank you for this beautiful day that you have given us. We want to thank you for our cowboys, our cowgirls, our livestock, and especially our fans. We want to thank you for your sacrifice that you made to give us a chance to go to heaven. Father, we ask tonight that you watch over this arena and you watch over each and every one of us on our travels home as well. And Father, tonight we say a special prayer for our leaders in Washington and especially for our brave men and women that are overseas fighting for our freedom. And it's in your son's precious name that we pray. 